You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wyatt, Terry Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, JT Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O, Brandon Robin Mock, Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm super excited to have Sharon Cooper on the show with me. She has a brand new release. Uh, The book, as we're recording this on Thursday, and the book came out on Tuesday, I believe it was, In It to Win It. What a fun, fun book. Um, I know you're all going to love it. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And you know, what a, you know, as we're approaching the end of the year, what a great, happy, feel good story to, to kind of cap off the end of the year. Um, I know you're going to love it. We'll put links in the show notes where you can grab it. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you, Hank. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, Sharon, uh, I, I like to begin the show with a, a fun question to kind of set the tone and to get things started. And that question that we've started 1200 episodes or better with is what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? Uh, <laughs> hmm. All righty. My first memory. Wow. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think my first memory was uh, my family had a childcare center that I used to run um many years ago and i remember a conversation with um one of the the kids and i think i was telling him i i did the administrative work and i was i mentioned to i asked him if he washed his hands i can't remember what he said but it gave me a book idea um so i wrote a kid's book entitled but i washed my hands yesterday and i think that 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 conversation with the, I think it was like three or four uh, with him uh, kind of gave me the idea. I should write a book on kids or about kids or for kids. And yeah, <laughs> so, the, so book never, the book never got published, but I turned it into a play and it got picked up like a week after I um, sent it out. Yeah, that's fun. Um, you know, the, a, a lot of folks have a similar story of of having an idea and and writing that idea and it, for the vast majority of people that I've talked to that first book doesn't get published and and <laughs> never sees the light of day that the fact that yours got turned into a play is amazing um but there is something to be said for um for having an idea and and uh and seeing that idea all the way through uh to a finished product. Uh, and, and then whether that thing goes on to find an audience or not, there's something that that happens inside you when you realize that that this is something that you can complete and and that uh that that a whole story can come out of you. That that's a an empowering feeling, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Though I didn't um <laughs> pursue writing children's book, it really did kind of get me started as far as uh, forcing me to do a little research on what's involved in getting published and 
And it was years later before I actually decided to write um, a romance novel. But it, yeah. that that probably was the the part that really that pro- probably was the time that really got me to thinking about writing. I, I love yeah. that so much. Um, so what was the the catalyst? Um, you, you said it was years later when you wrote your first romance. What yeah. what was the the thing that that motivated you to do that? You know, I was right. I was reading more. Um, and the majority of the books I was reading were romance novels. And I, I don't remember, you know, at any, you know, if I was reading a particular book that made me think like, hmm, I can, I should try writing this. But I do know that idea popped in my head after reading hundreds of romance novels and enjoying them. And it's like, hmm, maybe I should try to write a romance. And, you know, Many years later, I actually published. <laughs> I um, indie. I started with indie publishing. Yeah. Um. I I asked my friend Beverly Jenkins uh, this question uh, a, a few months ago when we were talking, and um, I, I'm of the opinion that no matter what genre you write, that reading romance uh, is good for you. There, there's there's <laughs> yeah, there's good. Uh, you can learn so much from building characters and uh, character motivation and, and you know, all of the things that are wrapped up in that um, from from great romance authors. And and I asked Beverly what, um, you know, what what what's so important about romance? And and she had a, a, a very particular answer for why romance is so important. But what is it about the genre that you love so much and that you think? makes romance such a versatile place to to write? Wow, that's another good question. For me, I think the biggest draw um, is the happily ever after. You you know, where you're guaranteed to end a story with, um, you know, a happily ever after. Yeah. That is probably the biggest draw for me. And I, I love, you know, I love, you know, seeing people in love. So watching a character's journey um and to finding love is always um appealing <laughs> yeah so I, I would have to say it's, for me it's probably the guarantee happily ever after does does that ever feel constraining to you because i i know that um that you have written romantic suspense as well mm-hmm. as uh, more um modern romance uh, or you know whatever uh, contemporary romance, uh, yeah. I think, is the the preferred title for the genre these days. Yeah. Um, but even when writing, um, you know, romantic suspense, is the the promise of a happily ever after is that always kind of hanging out there through the writing? Um, I would have to say yes. Um, that's always my end goal when I'm plotting a story is what do I have to do to get these two together to guarantee they're happily ever after? Gotcha. Um, what, what was that first romance book that you wrote? Did, did you publish that first romance book that you wrote? I did. I did. Yeah. It took years. And I, I, there's no way I would go back and read it because it probably would take <laughs> more years to, <laughs> to make it right. Interesting enough, it still sells. But my very first um, romance um, is entitled Something New. 
And that book has a little bit of everything, a little bit of suspense. Um, it's it probably would be considered an edgy sweet romance. Yeah, so that was before I knew pretty much anything. The story is is well written, but it 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 took years to get it to that point because I, I was just kind of still learning, you know, still learning the genre, still learning everything, basically. <laughs> it's so funny that that you say that that you haven't gone back and read that story yet. And it would, you know, I think for for most of us, if not all of us, going back and reading that early work is, you know, can be a a cringeworthy experience, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like, Oh, I've yeah. learned so much since then. But, but that's, that's one of the beauties of publishing is, is that once you finish that book and put it out there, it it's out there. That's and, it. <laughs> and all you can do is move forward, you know, and exactly. Uh, it, it, exactly. It's funny that you can go back and you can, you can look and, and you can see kind of the journey that you've gone on from yeah. there. And, Oh, wow. I've, I've learned so much. I've grown so much, but, but it's funny to look back and see, um, you know, oh, I, I can see the roots of 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 where I was then. You know, yes. I'm, I'm still the same person, even if even if the craft has gotten a little better or, you know, maybe I understand the genre a little more yeah. or understand the business, you know, right, a little right. more. It's so funny to look back and, and see that that you're still the same storyteller you were then, even if you've grown a little bit. I, you know, I agree. That story really. Even though I'd be afraid to go back and reread it, that particular story is how I got my first traditional contract. Mm. Um, there was an editor um, from Harlequin who said she was I don't know, looking through um, Barnes and Noble and ran across the story and enjoyed it and 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 contact reached out to me to see if I had ever considered writing traditionally. So though that story took forever to kind of get out there and probably, you know, have more cringeworthy uh, aspects to it, <laughs> it definitely really kicked off my um, my writing career, I guess, you know, as far as, well, yeah, tr- traditionally and indie, you know, so. Yeah. Have fun memories of that story. I'm so glad you brought up that 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 first book was was indie published because um, you know over the last decade, probably a little more than a decade now, you know, ever since the the Amazon Kindle came out, and then you know the whole ecosystem grew up around the Kindle for for KDP and you know self publishing and and really legitimized self-publishing in a lot of people's eyes and, um, you know, gave, gave authors another avenue for, for publication. Um, and, but now you are traditionally published. How do you view kind of the, the publishing landscape now, the, the indie versus the traditional and, um, you know, is, is in your mind, um, is, is one always the right choice or is it just adding more, more tools in the writer's tool kit? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I definitely don't believe, you know, one choice fits all. Sure. Um, I have many author friends who are only traditionally published. 
many who are only indie published and a huge amount who are both. Yeah. And I, I think I can't speak for them, but I definitely, you know, and want to believe that as a writer or author, I think, you know, I love the idea of having choices. Um, you know, whether you want to go the traditional route, indie route or hybrid, um, like I am, um, I'm, I'm rambling. I mean, I probably losing sight of the initial question. Forgive me for that. No, you're fine. My brain goes, you know, kind of faster than my mouth, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but if I remember your question correctly, um, I love the idea of there uh, being choices, you know, for from what I understand years, many, many years ago, you know, uh, many authors only had the traditional um, right out and, you know, so many hearts were broken when their books couldn't get published. Right. And so I think when Indy came along, I just I love the Indy, the opportunity to publish books independently came along because for many of us who. I I love indie. <laughs> Basically, I love indie publishing. Um, with doing traditional and indie, I realized I'm kind of a control freak, which I never knew um, <laughs> knew that until I did a, a few contracts with traditional publishers and realized I didn't have a lot of control. Right. Uh, so for those of us who are control freaks, you know, it's nice to have the indie option where you just write the story that's in your heart or in your mind and just run with it. Um, and but, it, it, and yeah. when you publish uh, on the indie side, when you get to have your hands on every part of the process from the writing to the editing to the, you know, uh, determining your covers to your yes. marketing it, it's easy to become a control freak because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's your responsibility. Now. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so it's not my fault. I became a control freak. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's you, you were thrust into it. Exactly. I never <laughs> thought about it like that, but I'm using that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> after, uh, after that first book that you published, um, you went on to write um, a number of series from the Jenkins family series to, mm -hmm. um, uh, to the Atlanta uh, series, uh, right. to the Reunited series, the, the yeah. Atlanta's Finest series, excuse me. Oh. Um, how do you feel about writing standalone books versus series? Because your your newest book, and I think your 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 last couple of books have been, uh, you know, back to standalones. Um, yeah. how, how do you feel about the difference in in approaching a project, knowing this is a, a brand new um, a, a brand new canvas that you get to put this story on and maybe you'll never visit that again versus coming back to familiar characters and familiar settings and familiar dynamics, you know, when you're writing a, a long running series. Yeah, I have to say I love familiar. <laughs> I really enjoy writing series because the characters from one book to the next really do just become a part of you. It's like, I know, I know, I know them, you know? Uh, so I really enjoy that part. And I, I, I really like the idea because I know some authors, when they do series, they have like, you know, their two main characters are the main characters for every book in the series where mine's 
every book in the series has different main characters, but I bring in some of the old characters because they have fans out there, you know. And so I really enjoy writing series. With the standalone, um, I enjoy those because it forces me not to get too comfortable. Um, there's, I, I feel like I took a different approach with the standalones. With the romantic comedy, with the second book, though it's not technically uh, part of a series, it does the main, one of the main characters, the heroine, um, is from the pre my previous romantic comedy. She was first introduced in business, not as usual. And so there still was a little bit of familiar. Well, yeah, I guess I, I still was a little familiar with her, but because it technically wasn't a series, it did feel like it's still she was still new to me, if that makes any sense. That, that does make sense. That does yeah. make sense. Um, Sharon, one of my favorite things to ask authors is um, because I, I love to see how writers' brains work. And um, if we're talking about a book like In It to Win It, your your new book that's that's out available everywhere now, um, at one moment in time, nothing about this book existed. It just, it just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe you start playing the what if game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you read something that kind of triggered your, your creative thoughts. Uh, maybe you watched a, a a, a new story on TV or something. And, and, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, you start casting characters in your mind and they walk onto the stage of your brain. And, and then, uh, you know, when, when something happens, then in it to when it does exist. And then it's your job as the writer to kind of dig that story out and polish it up. And, you know, then you've got a thing to present to the world. What is that first moment of inspiration when you're thinking about a new book? What What is that first moment of inspiration for you? I think for me, which is probably unusual, but when whenever I'm even entertaining the idea of a new book, it usually starts with the two main characters just kind of, you know, tossing ideas around who they might be and their career. For some reason, usually my stories are built around their personalities and their career because maybe because careers are are you know such a big part of our lives. Sure. Um, and I that's usually how I build my plot. You know, once I kind of know just a little, I don't even have to know a whole lot about the characters, but if I know a little about their personality and their career, I just run with. It, it all just kind of comes together with 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 those aspects first. So is, is there a, a, an aspect of, you know, creating this character or these characters and then throwing them in a room and seeing what happens? Kind of. I usually start <laughs> with a character sketch for the two main characters. And as I'm just making up things in that character sketch. It, it just kind of builds from there. And I usually try, uh, for the most part, is doing opposites. Like in, in It to Win It, um, Morgan, the heroine, um, she she is from a very wealthy family. Her dad is an A-list actor. 
She has never wanted for anything. The youngest of three children, just kind of able to, was able to kind of skate through life, do whatever she wanted without much responsibility. Whereas the hero, um, his family was not wealthy. Um, They were comfortable, but his parents died when he was 18. And he was left with the responsibility of raising his two siblings who were twins, two-year-old twins at the time. And so they, you know, it was, it was my what ifs were like, you know, what if I put them together? What would be some of the, their conflicts? You know, besides, you know, you had uh, Morgan who's laid back, easy going, just kind of fly by the seat of her pants kind of person. And Drake, the hero, is very serious, very A-type, you know, has planned out his whole future and his and the twins' future. And very serious, you know, he had to work for his millionaire status where Morgan was born into it. So, you know, right there, I have several different conflicts where I could go so many different ways with the stories. And that's usually how I feel. Forgive me if I'm not answering the question. No, you're perfect. Yeah. And that's usually how I I build the stories that kind of start with those particular aspects. But in that their career is important for me because I know like, you know, a career for some people, that's some feel like that's who they are. So I kind of, you know, go from there. You know, as writers, we love to put people in one of two camps. Uh, The 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 plotter camp uh, or the fly by the seat of your pants or pants or <laughs> camp. Um, do you fit firmly into one of those two camps or are um, you a very, amalgamation? Very firmly in the plotting, <laughs> the plotting camp. I tried being a pantser once and I thought I was going to lose my mind. It was just, it was horrible. It was like a nightmare. I'm like, I don't know how people do this, you know? And oh, then, after wasting weeks <laughs> of getting nowhere, I went back to plotting. <laughs> so do um, like how much pre-writing do you do before you start drafting the novel? Do, do you are, are you one of these people that writes out a 20 page outline or, you know, do you just kind of have sketches of where the the story needs to go? What is an what does an outline look like for you? For me, I am that 20 page. Uh, outline okay. <laughs> where gotcha. usually I I go chapter by chapter and I usually do I usually do the scene and sequel uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that yeah yeah I do it my own way though you know so my outline will include a goal conflict and then a disaster for that particular chapter and then I have bullet points of things that need to happen or that I want to happen in that chapter I work in the 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 sequel part of it, you know, a little bit, but I definitely always have um, those first three in mind for every single chapter um, during in my outline. I will say, though, my outline, once I'm really deep into the story, it often changes, you know, sometimes to the point where I don't even recognize, you know, the story compared to what I've out, outlined, what I where I've taken weeks to outline. Uh, sometimes the story doesn't necessarily end, you know, end up the way I you know wrote it, but it really does help me 
just kind of fly through, you know, a big chunk of the story with having an initial detailed outline. Gotcha. Um, Sharon, you said earlier that one of the things that motivates you uh, when thinking about a new story is um, the the occupation of of your protagonist and then, you know, what what that will mean for their personalities and their motivations and, and that sorts of sort of thing. Uh, in your new book, In It to Win It, we've got uh, a pair of characters that are both entrepreneurs. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got a, a, a real estate deal that's this thrown into the mix. Um, what was your what was your thinking in uh, in, in developing this story? And what do you think that uh, two people that are entrepreneurial Try saying that three times real fast. <laughs> I know, right? Um, minded, <laughs> even though they're coming from vastly different backgrounds, but their uh, their motivations are, are are the same in a lot of ways. Yeah. But because of their backgrounds, maybe there's uh, some other motivations there. What What was your your idea for for dreaming up this scenario? Yeah, I'm trying to think how I even got to that point. I'm, I'm, always fascinated with real estate. And I was a construction worker for 10 years early, many, many, many years ago. And so, you know, real estate is, is me. I, I enjoy, you know, throwing that any, in any kind of story, but, but with, in this case, Morgan, um, she technically doesn't have to work. She doesn't have to do anything for that matter because financially she's um, secure. Um, but because she wants to make a name for herself, she decides that she has to try different um, businesses, you know, in order to do that, not just kind of ride on a coattail of her parents who are very well off or use her um, trust fund or anything like that. And so over the years, she has tried numerous businesses, some very, you know, ridiculous business, like a cuddling service, uh, things of that nature. So she as an entrepreneur, she she's not as serious as Drake became an entrepreneur and, you know, had to work for everything he got because he had to. He had, you know, a great deal of responsibility at an early age. And so that's where their difference. They could both are, have that entrepreneurial spirit, but they kind of fell into it in different ways where he was, I won't say forced into it, but to get, you know, to build the life that he wanted to, needed to build or wanted to build for him and his siblings, this was his, the best route for him as, you know, to become an entrepreneur. And where Morgan became an entrepreneur because she wanted to, to make a name for herself despite her, right. her well-known family. And I love that contrast that, that they both want similar things. Mm -hmm. um, but for completely different reasons in, in exactly. a lot of ways that that Morgan is, you know, she's she's wanting to kind of uh, shed the the entitled um, yeah. child kind of, um, you know, label and and make it on her own. And then Drake, it, it almost feels like that he um, he needs uh, the success because he's got skin in the game. This is right. you exactly. know, this is. Yeah. This is a, a livelihood situation, um, and it, those two different motivations are are what really bring this story to life for me. 
that's great to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it really did make it um, easy to go through the story, too, because I, I, I could totally see both sides of it. You know, right. I could see her need to to be more than just, you know, the spoiled little rich girl, so to speak. And then his need to build, you know, eventually build an empire for him and his siblings and any family he might have, um, you know, after. Right. It's so funny because um, to, to see their, their motivations from where they are, because if Drake is successful and builds this empire, like, like you just um, said that, when when he has children, um, those children will be in the same place um, that, that the Morgan is, you know, yeah, it, exactly. it's so funny to see the cycle and and how, you know, one generation, um, you know, removed uh, it, the, the problems all kind of perpetuate. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the blessings, you know, perpetuate, however right. you want to look at it. You know, right, it's, right, it's right. So funny. Um, th- this book is so much fun, and um, y- you you mentioned earlier writing romantic comedy. Um, you've you've written more serious uh, romance in the past, um, even some um suspenseful romance. W- what is it about writing with with comedy in mind, and not that it's just slapstick humor, you know, every other page, but right, right, there's right. a there's a certain levity to it. There's a certain um hopefulness is is one yeah. word that comes to mind a certain um i don't know it's it, it just it just feels lighthearted and 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 feels um you know like a like a joyous you know yeah. uh, occasion um what what is, in your mind what what is the difference in approaching those different genres or those different tones if you will yeah, my favorite genre to read and write is um, romantic suspense. I just, I love, you know, where you have the romance and so many other elements with it yeah. just to make a very full story. With the romantic comedy, I have to say that In It to Win It is probably the cutest story. I'm not a real cutesy kind of, <laughs> kind of writer, but this story is, it was even while writing, I'm thinking like, this is awfully cute, you know, is it's cute, it's fun. And, you know, the stories like over the last couple of years, I, you know, when, when writing this, this was at least a year ago, um, it was, you know, we're just kind of coming out of the pandemic and, you know, you kind of needed something to just kind of take your mind off of all of, you know, because we, you know, everybody went through different, um, you know, life altering in some cases, things during the, the last couple of years of this pandemic. And so while writing it, it's like I really wanted something that was just light and fun, you know, something that offered a few chuckles and still get, you know, get to that happily ever after. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I I I don't know if I'll write too many more romantic comedies. One, they're not that easy to write because I realize no, the, the easier it is to read, the harder it is to write. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because you know, with with humor, it's so subjective. 
Yeah. You know, what's funny to me might not be funny to somebody else, you know? And so it's such a, um, it's a little challenging. It's definitely a little challenging. You know, it's like I said, it was such a, it's such a fun story, a feel good story. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, would this even be funny to somebody else as I'm typing and laughing, you know? Um, yeah, so. So, Sharon, if if we know anything about the publishing business, um, this book that's out this week now has probably been off of your desk for months and months. Oh, and yeah. You probably wrapped this book up earlier this year, if if not, you know, yeah. um, sooner. But you books this this. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, I can imagine. Um, which which begs uh, the question: What are you working on now? Right now, I get tons of emails regarding my Jenkins family. Um, I even received a couple, which I just think is hilarious, where um, readers have said they feel like they're cousins, you know, to these Jenkins family. You know, they really can relate to some of the scenarios. Anyway, so because of that, um, I'm working on a reunion, a Jenkins family reunion um, book. Some of the most popular characters will, you know, will, you know, their their fans will be able to catch up with what's going on in their lives. I love it. So that's love what I'm working on now. Cool. <laughs> it's a we can't wait to see what you come up with next. Um, in It to Win It is available everywhere now. You can grab it in Kindle edition or paperback if you want to hold um, you know, the, the physical book in your hands or audio book. Uh, it's also available in uh, an audible audio format. Any way that you like to consume books, it's available. We'll put links to all those uh, places in the show notes to make it easy for folks to find you. Um, Sharon, if people are just discovering you and want to dig into all the great stuff that you're up to, uh, is there a place online where they can connect with you and follow along your publishing journey? Yes, um, I think they can find everything about me as far as my writing <laughs> on my website at SharonCooper.net. Um, that I have links to all my social media. It will have um, coming soon information, how people can sign up for my newsletter. They can find out everything through my website at SharonCooper.net. Excellent. And uh, I just clicked on your coming soon and I see... A love so strong, a Jenkins family reunion. Yeah. Is that the the book you that's were reading to yeah. just a ago? Excellent, and that's that's dropping in February. That's just around the corner. Coming up soon. <laughs> Coming up soon. Well, great. Um, well, Sharon, this has been so much fun chatting. Um, we wish you continued success in publishing, and we're going to send everyone to visit you over at SharonCooper.net. Hank, thanks so much for this opportunity. It's been fun.